Welcome to The Recap, the part of our podcast where we recap the previous week's sermon. How's it going, guys? Good. Good. Hey, Stacy's hey. here. Ethan's here today. He's going to be a, a valued contributor. <laughs> Maybe. He'll do, he'll do great. We'll see. So, so yeah. Uh, who preached last this last week? Well, you did, Nick. Oh, yeah. That's right. Some yeah. guy. <clears throat> I what is it like for you to be the preacher and not the worship leader. I I really enjoy it. Uh, <clears throat> I'm I'm glad I don't do it every week. <laughs> uh, I like my job. I like leading worship, and I really do enjoy occasionally getting to preach. Yeah. So it was great. Yeah. So I suppose I should recap the sermon. Huh? Yes, please do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So this week we were in Genesis 47. Uh, I borrowed my title from Lord of the Rings. <clears throat> I love that title. Yeah. There and back again. A Sojourner's Tale. So the main point was in Genesis 47, uh, Jacob and his sons, finally they're in Egypt and <clears throat> it's where Pharaoh finally tells them, yes, you can settle in the land of Goshen and actually you can take care of my livestock too, which is a pretty sweet deal. But all along the way, um, Jacob and his sons never act like Egypt is their home. So they remember God's promise. They remember the promised land. Uh, they remember where their forefathers are buried. And all of that is kind of a declaration of faith that they're trusting in God uh, and not in the new shiny, you know, land of Egypt that they've just come into possession of, you know, and the favor of Pharaoh and all those things. So, <clears throat> so verses one to 10, that's where the brothers and Jacob, they meet with Pharaoh and they say, we've come to dwell temporarily in your land. Uh, and so again, just a declaration of faith. This isn't our home. Uh, verses 11 to 27 is when we see the effects of the famine on the land of Egypt. And so the Egyptians are basically selling themselves into slavery gradually. You know, they give all their money and then they give their livestock and eventually give their land and then their freedom uh, in exchange for food so that they don't die from the famine. And so Pharaoh basically inherits all of that, um, <clears throat> which is kind of the, the fruition of the blessing that Jacob gives Pharaoh when they meet. Uh, and it's also supposed to show um, the, what it looks like to trust in God's promises instead of the world. Uh, so that recounting of the Egyptians losing everything is bracketed by a declaration of, and Jacob and his sons settled in the land of Goshen and they acquired possessions and they acquired land and livestock and food and they were well taken care of. So that's meant to show, hey, trusting in God's promise is where the blessing is found. Now, <clears throat> that doesn't mean physical blessing, mm -hmm. right? Um, that just means that in God, trusting in his blessing is better than whatever the world may say that it can give us, including material blessings, wealth, and there were some things that, you know, like I said in the sermon, I was pretty convicted personally mm -hmm. this week about, you know, where am I making my home? Where am I looking for my blessing? Is it in my friends and family? That's always a perennial one for me, you know? Um, or is it in my house or my possessions or my hobbies or whatever? These are all good gifts from God. Uh, I talked about, you know, in contrast to Jacob and his son's going to a new country. So like, is our, is our country where we're looking for our ultimate blessing? Or is it, do we have our eyes fixed on God and the, the home that we have with him? 
So that, yeah, just something to consider. Blessing is in God, it's not in the world. And then lastly, God is faithful, trusting in the faithfulness of God, not in the world. <clears throat> so Jacob basically makes J uh, Joseph swear, hey, I'm gonna die soon, bury me in Canaan, not here in Egypt. And that was a declaration in the faithfulness of God to keep his promises to his people. Um, so all of that, that, the whole thrust of the morning was like, where are we most at home? Just examine our hearts. It's easy to make our home in other things in the world uh, more than we feel at home with God. And when that happens, and that's called an idol, you know, and when things become idols, then the good gift ceases to become good for us because it can't bear the weight of what, what it's not supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So that's where we went. That was the application. It was a good, it was good for me to prepare it. I felt like I needed it. And uh, so, yeah, mm -hmm. that's where we went. I appreciated your sermon on this. And the, one of the quotes I wrote down, it was something along the lines of what you just said about the blessing. It has to be God or the good gifts will work against us. Mm -hmm. Can you expound on that a little bit? What do you mean work against us? Yeah, and so like I've experienced this because there have been times when, so for, I'll just keep talking about like friends and family because that's yeah. that's been an area, like I'm single guy, friends and family are important for me, for community and, you know, just support in life. Yep. Um, but there have been times when it's gotten out of whack in my heart and I've been hoping in them too much. And when that happens, when they become an idol, then the expectations that I put on them, they can't fulfill. Mm -hmm. They just can't do it. And therefore, so like I used to, there was times I would go on vacation with like some of my best friends and family and I would feel lonely on vacation with my best friends mm -hmm. because they weren't fulfilling what I was putting on them. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. so the good gift then, I couldn't just enjoy it for what it was supposed to be. Right. It, it ceased to become, it was working against me. It was making me discontent because- not content because they were an idol. Mm -hmm. So, and you can do that with anything. You know, when you put too much pressure, all your hopes and expectations on God's good gifts, then they'll, they will work against, um, they won't be good mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. What I'm trying to say? So. I thought that was such a good <clears throat> question, the overall application of where are we most at home? And as I was listening to it as well, I was convicted that, um, when I was thinking about home, where, where are we most at home? Like, what is, what am I looking to for, um, security or comfort? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that kind of goes along with the concept of home. Yeah. And I was struggling with something as I was listening to the sermon, like I am only going to be okay, you know, quote unquote, okay. If X happens. Right. And it's, you know, something about another person and it's, and so listening to it was just a good, like setting my eyes on the Lord no, I can be okay and um, settled in the Lord. Like that's where my security is, not yep. in this other circumstance. And yeah. I know it's basic, like <clears throat> it's not our circumstances being perfectly right that can make us, you know, have peace. It's the Lord, but at the practical level, yeah, that's the battle day in and day out is what am I trusting <clears throat> in? Yep, I feel like more often than not, that's what the daily fight of faith looks like. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I that mean, was really it, helpful. It's a universal experience, and you know we know that our hearts often get out of whack. Yeah, so we just need reminders like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was really helpful. Ethan, do you have any questions or anything to add? Or 
No, um, no, like you said earlier, um, it's one of those topics that is uh, very applicable and um, I also just need constant reminder of. So yeah. it was it was helpful. There was a couple things that <clears throat> were interesting that I couldn't quite spend as much time on as I wanted. Uh, for example, the contrast of this Pharaoh in relation to the Israelites versus just a few chapters later, we're going to get to Exodus chapter one. Sure. And that Pharaoh. And it was so like what I mentioned, like back in the Abrahamic covenant, those who bless you, I will bless those who curse you, I will curse. Mm -hmm. So this Pharaoh welcomed Jacob and his family and therefore received blessing, mm. which is in contrast to the other Pharaoh. So we, we're, we're not going to get to Exodus, you know, Genesis is going to end, but it says <clears throat> um, that there arose another Pharaoh who did not know Joseph. Mm -hmm. And then he saw the Israelites as a threat and he treated them with contempt and he enslaved them. And therefore the, he, he was cursing, you know, the, the chosen people of God. Mm -hmm. And so then he himself, you know, we know what happened to Pharaoh in, in the land of Egypt in Exodus. So it's just kind of like, that's, it was a really, I mean, I mean, Moses wrote the whole first five books. So he knows where he's going in the story and he's kind of showing this is, you know, God's faithfulness versus and trusting in him versus cursing God, you know? So that's an interesting thing too. And then I just really mm -hmm. think it's interesting that Joseph and Jacob had 17 years together at the beginning of Joseph's life and 17 years at the end of Joseph's life, which again, you don't put too much stock in numbers, except I think that's on purpose just to show that God is planning it all. Yeah. It's his sovereign hand that is in control and that is ordaining everything that happened in Joseph's life and Jacob's life, um, all working for his plan according to his good promises. So this, there's a, an aspect of the sovereignty of God working God's promises that we need to trust into. He's in control. Mm -hmm. Yep. So. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Great. Anything else? I don't think so. Thanks for sharing the word with us on Sunday. <laughs> you bet. It's my joy. <laughs> <laughs>